Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Dotson, here with my fellow host, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. Hey, Gary Price. How's it going? Oh, it's going so good. We're back talking Dynasty what, what? Fantasy Football because it's Dynasty, Dynasty Summer. Holla. Nailed it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. That was amazing. Yeah. Huh? I, could, was I, I couldn't even get in. Like, I saw you guys harmonizing. I was like, do it. Yeah. It's called chemistry. Chemistry. I love science. Science. We're only a couple <laughs> weeks away for the bid Midwex. Mid Expo. Wax on, wax off. In Can, Ohio. If you haven't got your tickets yet, go to (laughs) fantasyexpo.com. We'll be there. Tickets. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Talk about what I love, son. Jeez. Of course I do. Come meet me me in person, Expo. See how creepy I really am. (laughs) Uh, He messes up just as many words in person. Oh, all the time. I'm a habitual word messer upper. Yeah. Giving away those shirts you guys got on. Yeah, yeah see this shirt? It's a new one. We're going to be giving away Dynasty Nerds shirts at the Expo. Twinsies. You said these are Heather Red, right? Ooh, yeah, just the way I like it. Heather. Salmon. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's Salmon. It's a dark pink or light red. I don't know what, I, I've never understood why they call colors Heather this, Heather that. Like, isn't that a Heather Heather Locklear of know. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Heather yeah. Gray. Maybe you have Heather Gray in Maybe. Your, Maybe that's I, I just don't understand is. what the Heather is. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. Look it up, Jared. All right, look it up, Jared. Also at the Expo, now we gave away nerd shirts. We're giving away a Yeti cooler. What? Yeah, you can win a whole big Yeti cooler. We got stickers. Can I win? Those are nice uh, stickers. You're we too. can't be Dang working for it. the site, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Those are nice stickers. Well, they're very nice stickers. Vinyl stickers. I think we're going to start selling mm. them on the website. Like, yeah. Uh, three pack for like five bucks or something. We so have when you're to. buying that shirt, yeah. when you're buying this Heather red shirt, it looks sexy as hell. We know it's not on the site to buy. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're giving them away at the depot. Yeah, All these right. are limited edition to the depot. Wait, Jared's got breaking news. Heather is blended fibers combined to create a multicolored effect. Heather oh. refers to a color effect created well, I, by mixing two or more different colored I do fibers see or yarns. A darker red and then a, a white, perhaps, that makes mixed sense. in there. So okay. this would be a Heather red because there's like a grayish, yeah, yeah. purplish thread in here. Yeah. Now we know. Now we know what it means. No one's half the battle. The more you know. Well done, sir. Thank so you. before we get into the uh, NF, oh, what are we doing? AFC South. South, yep. This show is brought to you by our friends at DynastyDepot.com. Get to DynastyDepot.com right now and use that promo code NERDS. DynastyDepot.com, promo code NERDS. Why? Because this is your run out of time for an opportunity to put yourself in position to buy and sell FFPC Dynasty teams like you're on eBay. This is it. You want to sell for profit? You want to buy teams for uh, a bargain? Dynasty Depot provides that for you. Get to DynastyDepot.com right now. Use that promo code NERDS, and you can get their yearly subscription knocked down to $14.99 per year. And you don't have to do that to look at the team. So it's not like you have to pay $14.99, and I'm like, oh, man, I want to buy any of these scrub teams. Nope. You can look at the scrub teams first or the fantastic teams first <laughs> and then pay the $14.99 for the whole year. And they're going to put you in a really good position to buy some really good dynasty teams or put you in a position to draft really, really well and sell those teams for profit. And then you can flip dynasty teams for profit. It's a great opportunity. You're also in a position to really win some really good prizes, such as an opportunity to play in FFPC championship for a grand prize of Matt. Five hundred thousand dollars. 
Yep, that's what you do. We're really in sync today. I had that momentary blank. I, you love it. Fast. You love it when we call on you randomly like that. That's I your had favorite. This momentary blankness, but I knew it was fine. It's like 000. it's like every intro. Yep. <laughs> so get out there, <laughs> dynastydebo.com, check them out, see what they're all about. I promise if you love Dynasty Fantasy Football, you're gonna love dynastydepot.com. Use that promo code nerds. So, fellas, let's get right into it. Let's talk about some stuff. And stuff, I mean AFC South. Mm. All right. First team on the list is the Tennessee Titans, quarterback Ooh. by Ryan Tannehill, backed up by Logan Woodside and Deshaun Kaiser. At running backs, King Henry, Derrick Henry himself, Darrington M. Evans, and Jeremy Nichols. At wide receiver, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Des Fitzpatrick. At tight end, they have Anthony Ferkser, Jeff Swaim, Jaron Pinckney, and Luke Stocker. So, Start at the top with the quarterback position. We have Ryan Tannehill coming off back-to-back top eight fantasy football finishes with a ter- great, tremendous offensive line. And they run a, they've run so far a very efficient offense out there in Tennessee. Obviously, Arthur Smith leaves as offensive coordinator, and he heads to the Atlanta Falcons, which we'll be talking about on our Nerd Herd Show episode next to become their head coach. Now, and he did all of this. So Ryan Tannehill's coming off these back-to-back top eight finishes Despite the Titans finishing in the bottom three in pass attempts, where they only averaged 30.1 attempts per game, and run the ball slightly more than passing the ball. They actually ran the ball 50.3% over passing. So they do that, and now on top of that, they add in future Hall of Famer Julio Jones. So Tannehill has taken his offense and got it moving. He's averaging, that offense besides the, the pass attempts, has averaged 30.6 points per game. So it's been very friendly to offensive fantasy football players. Obviously, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, a wide receiver one, and of course, A.J. Brown, a wide receiver one. They bring in a new offensive coordinator this year, Todd Downen, who was their tight ends coach, and he hasn't called plays since 2017, which was his only year we called plays when he was a Raiders OC. But it's rumored that he's going to run the same system as Arthur Smith, it was which makes an, sense. In in in. In-house and promotion. In-house promotion. Yes. I, I was getting caught on the ands. And then in in in. So Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we've cut. We've talked about Ryan Tannehill now for a couple of years bit, on yeah. this podcast yep. as probably one of the better values out there today, whether it be superflex or one QB leagues. In a one QB league, probably the best value when you're going for trades is going to be a guy like Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. not the biggest name, but a big time producer. And again, now they add Julio Jones. So. I don't feel like we have to get in depth. Have you guys, for Ryan Channel, has your opinion changed at all with the Julio addition? Do you still feel like, okay, they bring in Julio, I still view him as right around quarterback eight overall, or have you simmered down now because they lost at Arthur Smith? No, I mean, I think, you know, you lose Arthur Smith, so there's a there's going to be some change, I think, in the calls that they're making. And there's oh, every play call is going to have their own style. So the plays are going to be the same. We have no idea exactly what this person's style is going to be like um, that's coming in as the OC until the, you know, the game start playing out. But, you know, obviously you're replacing Julio Jones. You know, sorry, you're replacing Corey Davis with Julio Jones. So I think that's an upgrade in, in and of itself. So I don't see this as a as a downgrade at all. I, if anything, I think his weapons just got better, and I I think we'll have to see exactly how the offensive coordinator kind of plays out the the game plans week to week. But I don't see a dip in his production. You ran the result. ball with the Raiders a lot. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think they're going to stick with the plan. I think that's coming from the head coach. Like these are the things we want to do. We yeah. Establish the run. We want to you know use the play action pass. So. 
go forward with that. Yeah, I think the offense still runs through Derrick Henry no matter what, but they're still going to throw the ball quite a bit. He was quarterback seven last year overall in the season, and that was with Deshaun Watson finishing in front of him, which right now it looks like he's not going to be playing anytime soon. But he's uh, going to have Baker finish in front of him, so that's a big – Yeah, that evens out. Offset, yeah, offset. That, that makes sense. Quarterback one, Baker Mayfield. Uh, so, yeah, if anything, I think there's a real chance he could finish higher. Obviously, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, one of those guys could jump him. So we're probably looking at a very similar finish, and that's fantastic. Yep. Like, that's what exactly what you want. It's, yeah, it's, it's, championship those, it's those young bucks that always are going to keep kind of Ryan Tannehill's um, – his market depressed a little bit and which, yep. which is going to keep him as a value uh, going forward for the next few years. Cause there's always these, these young bucks that people are trying to push up above him. And he seems to always kind of either tread water or stay, you know, or, or, or stay above those guys. He, so. He's a great uh, quarterback to acquire with a plus for some of those types of guys. You know, if you're going to say like, okay, you get Russell Wilson, I'll get Ryan Tannehill plus something or you're getting you know some of these you're not taking a huge step back from a uh, statistical standpoint or from a fantasy standpoint and then you're getting something on top and you're getting something on top and even if you want to give up a, a even higher end guy than russell wilson you're going to get a pretty nice plus back even though the difference in points per game over the next three or four seasons probably won't be that significant yeah he's got paid so he's there for another two more years and it, don't rule out that they don't extend him again as he nears yep. closer to that uh, contract, and as much maybe as soon as next year, the 2022 sure. season. Uh, obviously, Ryan Tannehill is throwing the football to A.J. Brown. He finished his wide receiver 12 last year in 14 games, but his 17.7 points per game was actually good for sixth best overall amongst fantasy fo football mm. receivers. And he's coming off back-to-back -back seasons over 1,000 yards. Is his total 19 touchdowns in his first two years in the league. But despite, like we mentioned, Doing all of this, uh, Tennessee has not thrown the ball a ton there. They're one of the lowest uh, team in the NFL with throwing the football. He's only had double-digit targets twice in two years. So despite all of that, he's still producing at a high level. And he makes big plays, too. That's that's. I mean, that's A.J. Brown in a nutshell. You know, Ryan Tannehill will throw him a 15-yard pass, and then he'll break, you know, another 30, 40-yard runs and, and – and, you know, yards after the catch and go into the end zone with it. That's kind of how he does it. So. How many receivers are you taking over A.J. Brown right now in Dynasty Fantasy Football? There's not many. I mean, he even revealed after the season on Instagram, like, he was a little drugged up, it seemed like. But he he had to get surgeries on both knees. Like, he played all, all season on both of his knees not being right. So, I mean, there's a potential that he could be even more explosive, which is wild, wild to think of. But if I'm being honest... I'm I'm taking I'm taking Tyreek Hill over him. <sighs> Devontae Adams. I don't think I would at this point. I think I would take AJ Brown ahead of him. Justin Jefferson. He lives in that tier with Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb. Like he lives right there for me. It depends on the day, but as of right, and I'll have to go look where I have him ranked. I would consider I would consider him maybe my wide receiver too. Yeah, I'm taking Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb over him easily. Okay, easily makes it sound bad. I'm 10 out of 10 times I would take them sure. over him um, every time. Like, it would never switch. Um, uh, Devontae Adams and A.J. Brown, I'd probably flip-flop here and there on the two. You have the age. You're probably getting better production this year out of Adams, but and you're also probably five years old. Next year, yeah. And then, of course, Tyree Kill for me too. But uh, 
I mean, Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb right now are my dynasty. Obviously, we after Tyreek Hill are my dynasty darlings. Sure. I actually moved them up in my rankings both. This so would you have Brown more like fifth, sixth? Right around there. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd go Tyreek Hill, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson in that order. Then probably Devontae Adams, then A.J. Brown. You're, so talk, you're talking about in a startup, you would go in, in that order? In a startup, order. yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's the difficult thing. I mean, we have we have rankings, and then there's like almost – there almost needs to be a separate set of like startup rankings. You know what I mean? Cause the way you look at it, the way you do rankings is very difficult. Cause you have to try to figure out, you have to, you have to kind of balance people that are in a, in a season right now and people that are doing a startup. And it's kind of, it's kind of difficult. Obviously when I'm doing a startup, I'd like to go younger more. So, sure. so I would probably have a guy like AJ Brown, Ahead of Devontae Adams, so you would rank Devontae Adams ahead but of Devontae Brown. Adams is probably ranked above him in my rankings. You're right. I, you're right. That is a good. It actually, is not a bad idea. You should have two different rank sets, like startup ranks and then overall dynasty ranks. Yeah. Like, because you're right. It's a different like how you would want to approach a startup compared to, um, uh, uh just overall ranking a player in, in fantasy football or even dynasty fantasy football. Because that's what that's what makes rank doing rankings difficult and also. Um, having these conversations. I've always approached my rankings as if I'm in a startup, who am I taking above this player? Me too. I, just, it's, I always look at it that way. Like in a startup, which way am I going? And hence why after this year being a startup, like I just moved C lamb and Justin Jefferson significantly up because even at, even though Tyree kill is the one, one for sure at wide receiver, I would just, I almost would still then rather have Justin Jefferson C lamb because that's they're 22, right. right? So I can get them for four more years after Tyree Kill. Right. And it, it, it's tough because I really love those two receivers a ton. I know somebody asked me on Twitter, and they said, hey, who's the wide receiver one in three years overall in the startup? I'm like, it's CeeDee Lamb. And I said that before all this training camp videos started coming out. So pretty interesting there, but we're talking about A.J. Brown here. Uh, <laughs> again, who, who who is a very high caliber we, receiver? We go off on tangents sometimes. We do it sometimes. Happens, yeah, it happens. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he goes there. Now, they're bringing a guy like Julio Jones. Uh, Julio Jones only played in seven full games last year, but was a high-end wide receiver, too, on his average. His pace for the full season was over 90 receptions and about 1,400 yards. And, and one, one touch on me? Probably around, around there. I think <laughs> probably at least about three. Yeah, he averages about one or two. A year. And the team, after losing Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Janu Smith, they average about 19 targets vacated by the team for Julio Jones this year. I know they're bringing a guy like Josh Reynolds, who's a very solid wide receiver yes. of three. But so say you give maybe like five targets of that, he's, Julio could still see about 13 targets per game here and still put up really good numbers. Just to go full circle, I actually do have A.J. Brown as my as my number two ranked on Dynasty Nerds as well. So okay. it's like I thought I had him that high, but I wanted okay. to double check. Yep, he is my number two. And, and the one guy we forgot in that mix as well is Stephon Diggs is a tough one to Ooh. rank in that mix as well. Yeah, it is tough. He he's is right, tough. He's right there. Like if you, He's right there too in that same – that's why people do tiers because some people just want to like – some people want the easy way out. So like, I'm just doing tiers so you can take them any way you want them, which is fair. But not me, because if you're on the clock, you're taking somebody. Who are you taking? You do have to take someone. I would probably take A.J. Brown over Stephon Diggs. So would I. I think I, I – well, I have that rank that way, so I definitely would. And then I'd probably, like, after the season was over, it's like, why did I take A.J. Brown over Stephon <laughs> Diggs? Stephon Diggs, here he is again. Wide receiver two overall. Look at me. Silly, but okay. Well, we know we know Matt loves Stephon Diggs, so he's probably taking Stephon Diggs. Well, we were right. 
We were right. Um, <laughs> guys got me on that one. What are you going to do? Do you think Julio Brent, like Julio Jones here in this offense, you think he's still, what do you think? Wide receiver two finish? Yeah, I, I think on a points per game basis, you might, he might even creep up close to a wide receiver one, but you just have to pencil in knowing that he's going to miss somewhere between two to six games over the course of the season. And that that's just what he's done every year for the yep. past four years. I know, but maybe the air in Nashville is different. Maybe it is. Maybe it's get hot. It, it could be a little cooler. It could be very different. But at this point, I I'm kind of baking that into my rankings with him. Just knowing that that's kind of where his body's at at this point. Oh, what are you baking? I like to break bread. I'm baking bacon. <laughs> On a George Foreman? That actually is a good way to prepare bacon in the oven, baking it. Do you bacon. like to do it? In, oh, and the oven is great. Yeah. And you sprinkle a little... Uh, a little brown sugar on it, and you put some syrup on it. Wow, put it in what? the oven. You're really that, doing you're making it candy. Oh, it's delicious. You've never done it that way. I, you got to get the thick cut bacon. I was gonna say I do the real thick cut. Yeah, I do thick f- cut. Four twenty five for about twenty minutes in the oven. Boom. Yeah, sprinkle a little bit of brown real, sugar. I like my sur- I like my real syrup crispy. On there. So well, where would See, you take Julio Jones? <laughs> oh, and, oh yeah, we're back. This is this is cooking with the nerds. Come on, look. <laughs> Like, do you He's think, about a smoker, too. Do you think as a, as, a, as a contender, what's what price tag are we paying for Julio Jones right now in Dynasty Fantasy Football? Would you, as a contender, would you even consider giving up a late first if you need a wide receiver help for Julio Jones? Yeah, that's real on the border for me. It, and it's because of availability that I'm concerned. I mean, if I knew that he was going to be there for 16 games, I'd definitely do that. But I don't know if he's going to be there when I most need him. So I feel a little bit uncomfortable giving giving a first. But I think that's the price. I think you would have to. I know last year as I was pushing for a playoff uh, push to, to win a league, I ended up coming second in. I gave up a, a, a 2023 first for Julio Jones and Zach Ertz at the time. So you got a little extra juice. On I, top. Little, I would yeah. feel better getting another guy that can help me along with that first. If if I could do something similar to that, obviously not a Zach Ertz. Uh, now, and that was the playoff that deadline, and yeah. I needed a tight end sure. at the time, and I, I figured Zach Ertz would get traded this offseason, so he, he was kind of some depth for me. I think I would rather go after, we mentioned like Robert Woods last episode, if he's available, if not, yeah. maybe like Adam Thielen. He's, he's been a little bit more available over the course of his career too. Mm-hmm. I think I would rather... I think I'd rather gamble on one of those kind of guys before Julio, just because I need him for the playoffs, and I don't know if he's going to be there. But if but if Julio's there, he's the far and away better option. No, it. I mean, Adam Thielen was what wide receiver four five last season. Was he that high? I thought he was like wide receiver six. He. I mean, he was there. he was a wide receiver was he, one. Last he was that year. high. In, oh gosh. No, no, Justin Jefferson was wide receiver six. Last uh, year. Let me look because they were both pretty high. Let me. Yeah, see. I mean, I guess I mean. It depends. I mean, he falls in that category. Ten. He was wide receiver yeah, ten. So Adam, so wide receiver ten. So, but he, I mean, he falls in that category. But I think Thielen's shelf life is literally just as long as Julio's for sure. He just hasn't been as banged up. I mean, Robert yeah, Woods so, is a clear choice. But. Oh yeah, if you can get Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, um, you might even be able to dabble like Tyler Lockett in that price range. Tyler, yeah, he'd probably be in a similar price Tyler range. Tyler Lockett's well. a little too up and down for me week to week. I, I think I would rather go with a guy like Thielen. Um, if he was, yeah, I, I didn't realize he was a wide receiver one last year. I thought yeah, he was it, a wide receiver it, it will be interesting to see if he can sustain that because it, he did have a career high in touchdowns last year that's right so that is the one little bit of an oddity about it but ola bc johnson just got hurt and tore his acl so smith uh smith 
Schmier, uh, Amir Smith Marset. Go ahead. Tash is doing pretty sweet. Yeah, he looks good. Uh, he he's he's a guy I'm excited about. I saw a video of him this morning running a really crisp route and then getting open for a touchdown. Yep, he's Ooh. a lot of these young receivers are looking really good. Yeah, it's crazy how this league is getting taken over by storm by some really efficient receivers. Yep. Even out of like Browns camp, Donovan Peoples Jones is the hot name there. Uh, and how good he is looking there with his routes getting cleaned up and him, the chemistry of him and Baker has. All you got to do is get out of Michigan. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Ugh, get off the line for him. He was the guy that, that couldn't get off the line in college. He had this that weird little stutter step, and they kind of yeah. got that out of him. So Last guy in Tennessee here we want to talk about is Derrick Henry, the king Derrick Henry. He's been an absolute monster going over 2,000 yards each of the past two seasons with 2,213 yards in 2019 and 2,192 yards in 2020 despite facing the most eight-man boxes in the NFL. Henry averaged 5.2 yards per carry last year, finishes running back number three overall, and he finishes running back five in 2019. Now, well, a ton of carries. He had over 400 each of the last two seasons with a total of 827 carries. Will that finally... Is that carries or total touches? Touches. Will that finally come catch up to him this year? Because... This is a guy also that's been blessed to not to be hurt at all, which is crazy at the running back position and amount of carries does he's been getting. Or does the addition of Julio Jones open things up even more for Derrick Henry? He's 27 years old, so he's about to have a 28-year-old threshold mm-hmm. of when you want to sell. I am – what are you doing with Derrick Henry? Like, obviously, if you're a contender, you got to hold on to him. But what are you doing Derrick Henry if you're like – you're maybe like not for sure contender, but you might he, but be able he's to the guy win that it. could maybe put you over the he top. Might be the guy like you need him to win for sure, but still a question mark. I have never before this season been willing to acquire Derrick Henry. One, because early on his career I didn't really believe in him, and then the price tag was just so ungodly high. The price tag because of those, you know, the high carry workload, although he didn't have a lot early in his career, which kind of helps balance that a little bit. Um but I think the age at 27 is starting to make people a little worried. Understandably so as well. The third round in that startup, I mean. I've actually, for the first time ever, actually acquired him in some places. Um, the we You mentioned the UDPL league earlier. Uh, I traded David Montgomery and... I'd have to go back and look, but it was like a, a good tight... Like a, a good up-and-coming tight... I think it was Adam Troutman. I think it was David Montgomery, Adam Troutman, and a third for Derrick Henry. And, and that's I pretty f- good value. I felt good about yeah. that. I feel really good about that. I would like, feel good. Oh. I'd feel good. Now, yeah, I'd have to go back and check the exact details, but I remember Ooh. seeing it and I was like, that was offered to me. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, and I didn't, I didn't go searching for Derrick Henry, but it was offered to me. And I was like, that's just too good a value. So I think there are some people getting scared off. Was that Izzy? No, oh, it was, it was Tyler. Oh, oh, Tyler's the serial trader in the league. Oh my goodness. Okay. I get, I get, I get, I get a trade offer from him every week. I gotta love that guy. <laughs> so, I can't wait to meet him. Yeah. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. So anyway, you buying Derek Henry? I'm not, I'm not. No, I feel like this is, I wasn't a believer to begin with. He did this, these two amazing back-to-back years, but the wheels are, are going to fall off in my opinion. And it's, it's going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty steep drop off and and you might get this year out of him but I, i'm not sure you're gonna get much more after that i mean just a couple of years ago literally a couple of years ago he's averaging 66 yards per game it's true 
it's you look at the history of guys that have taken on the workload that he's taken on this past two years, and it gets ugly pretty quick for him. So, the, I I will say most guys also aren't built like Derrick Henry though. Six three two forty seven. Yeah. I mean that's just most guys we're talking about five ten two fifteen like, with an ability to maybe miss some of those blows. He's a big person, sure. easy to hit. You know what I mean. My favorite move for not if I'm a Derrick Henry mover is my first attack is trying to acquire. Najee Harris, um, and then I want Travis Etienne. Those are like, you know, obviously you guys. If you're if you're Williams. also a contender, right? Yeah, if I'm a contender, okay. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to acquire Najee Harris. That's who I would want to. That's who I would want to get is Najee Harris. Hitting the, hitting the reset button on on. Just that. hit the reset button yep. on the years, and I, and I would do that. I mean, I'm I'm essentially trading in my eyes. I know it's not your one one, but I'm trading Naj- Derek Henry for the one one. I'm acquiring uh, another big back that has really good hands and will offer more upside. Well, what when like it still has that potential finishes running back three, on PPR. That's the thing that that, that Derek Henry took two thousand yards to become wide receiver three and wide receiver five running. Why? Back. Because he's not viable in the passing game. And that's, that's the difference of those PPR running backs. Sure. So like you said, when that wheel falls off and the rushing yards, the wheels fall off completely and you're, you're just stuck. So he's a perfect back to get out of right now. Two back to back big time years. And just don't even do like, you're not even like doing yourself a disservice. You're just getting younger. Right. And you're going to help maintain and the points drop off a little bit. You're going to maintain those points for much longer. So I'm selling Derek Henry as well. We have to move on. Indianapolis Colts are up. Quarterback, maybe Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. Jacob Eason, maybe. Sam Ellinger out of Texas. Running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. At wide receiver, we have Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, Ashton Doolin from your alma mater, yeah. Zach Pascal, J.J. Nelson, Desmond Patton. At tight end, Mo Alley, Cox, Jack Doyle, and Kyle Granson. So, of course, the hot news here is Carson Wentz is hurt uh Again, with a foot injury that will probably sideline him six to 12 weeks. He's been hurt every year of his life. It seems and it, like it would not surprise me if Carson Wentz came out of the womb hurt. Like, oh, the doctor's like, you got a strained shoulder. So I, I, I have been following this story, but probably yeah. not close enough. He got a bone removed? Yeah. So question from, mark? From what it sounds like, this was actually an old injury. That happened, they're talking about maybe back in college even, where this injury occurred. And yeah, this this bone has kind of been, uh, festering is not the right word, but it's becoming uh, it's becoming more problematic over the years. And yeah, they're, they're going to have to get, I think, a part of it removed. And then literally the next day, Quentin Nelson has to do the same thing. The Contagious. The it fact contagious. that the exact same injury, which is... To my knowledge, I'm no I, I'm no expert. Maybe we need to talk to Matthew Betts or something. But sure. I don't think this is a common injury. It's kind of a fluke thing. I feel like we were born with a certain amount of bones and we should have them all for our whole life. Why, why are people getting bones removed? I, yeah, you're trying to give bones. <laughs> I, I'm no medical expert, but it is, it is odd to say the least. So best case scenario for Carson Wentz, he misses a game, two games. Uh, worst case scenario, we're looking at half the season. And right, that's the timeline. It's 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 between one one game and like seven or eight games. Right? But with all great tragedy tragedies comes great opportunity. If you're in a super flex league and you got Jacob Eason, sell. Yep, I'm yeah. absolutely selling. This is the only time he's going to have any sort of real value. It's going to be Carson Wentz's job when he comes back. If something were to go haywire, I still don't think Jacob Eason 
is a good enough quarterback to say, hey, we have all the other places here in place in Indianapolis. All we needed was the quarterback. You're the guy, Jacob you're, Eason. You're it. Let's do it. They, they would be the type of team, if it doesn't work out with once, to go after a Jimmy G or to try to con- figure out a way to get Deshaun Watson there, even though he's in the same division, or draft the top guy and trade up for like. That's really all. The, this is a very good defense. This is a young and up-and-coming receiving core, an amazing offensive line with one of the most dynamic young running backs in football. Like this yeah, team is ready. But even now, like he's going, Jacob Easton's going to be in a situation where, which is again why you want to sell because in Superflex league, any kind of starting quarterback holds value yep. for any kind of amount of time. So he's actually holding value here. If I can flip Jacob Easton for a twenty, the best pick I can get is a what I see him as a high twenty twenty three second round pick. I am making that move immediately because you mentioned a tremendous offensive line, but Quentin Nelson is now out for the same amount mm-hmm. of time. Who is your all pro left guard? He is the best offensive lineman in football. Yep. And you got to remember they all of a sudden surprisingly lost their great left tackle in Anthony Costanzo who retired. And what did they do? They went and set, got a, a low end tier uh, left tackle. Eric Fisher's coming off an Achilles injury, which he might even be able to start the season as well. And honestly, if you look at PFF grades on Eric Fisher the last couple of years, he has not been that good. There's was, a reason Kansas City wasn't waiting out for Eric Fisher. He's he was a number one overall pick that that really was a bust for the most of his uh, career. Or maybe year four or five, he started kind of coming around and being a guy that they could rely on. And then he got injured. So, yeah. If you have Jacob Eason, and obviously now is probably not the perfect time to do this, but as we start getting a little bit closer, and it becomes more clear that he's going to start some games. Now is the time to sell because Jacob Eason is not the quarterback of the future. They will either have Carson Wentz come back and have success, or they will move on and sign a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, trade for Deshaun Watson, or again, trade up in a draft and draft a quarterback. And they will make a move. And you can't even rule out the fact that he's going to have long-term value even into the season because a guy like Phillip Rivers is already kind of indicating – out there right now that hey i might be you know i might not be as retired as uh, i sound i might be coaching a high school football team that poor team just be like hey sorry guys i'm not your coach anymore i'm gonna play football no he said late in the season yeah he said like december january colts don't need him then (laughs) that's what he's saying now that like the day that carson wentz gets a a bone removed from his foot what is it going to be two days from now when (laughs) that's a money grab you know what i mean like i might be available in december Unless you, gotta eat. unless you pay me more right now, and then I'll come to training game right now. So we put a great tweet on there. It was like, all it took was uh, one off season. We're going to report to camp and spend, spend stay home with stay nine home with his children. <laughs> He's already like, I'm going to come back. I'm back. Oh, that'd be me. That'd yeah. be me for sure. But get me out of here. So, yeah. So that offensive line is a little bit of worrisome for a guy like Jacob Beeson. Unproven talent at wide receiver. Even though I like both of the wide receivers there. I know T.Y. Hillen's a proven vet. But for Jacob Beeson... That will be somewhat of a worry. So now with the offensive line, does that hurt a guy like Jonathan Taylor? Because going back to Carson Wentz, I mean, if he comes back, he's going to be paired with Frank Wright. That's all great. That's hunky-dory. We've talked about this many times on the mm-hmm. podcast. You go back and listen to it. Um, he had his best year under Frank Wright. But the Colts' Correct. backfield had the second most touches per game last year in the NFL. They averaged 32.7 per game. And that's why Jonathan Taylor is such a dynasty darling. But the left side of that line now is extremely damaged. Is this, which I, I thought I saw on Twitter today, some people saw in startups that they already saw a little bit of Jonathan Taylor regression a little bit. Do you think Jonathan Taylor, who finished his running back six overall last year in 15 games, 
again, who's a dynasty darling, do you use this small window of opportunity? Because remember, the game of dynasty is as bad as injuries are to player. All that does is open windows of opportunity to either buy that player or buy other players that that affects. Injuries are the best time to make dynasty moves, whether it's selling or buying. Is this the time now to go out and buy Jonathan Taylor if you can get him for, say, two first-round picks? If if the price has dropped at all, absolutely. Uh, my guess is most Jonathan Taylor owners are somebody like me, somebody that, that really believed in Jonathan Taylor, really liked Jonathan Taylor, has been excited about him all offseason, and is like, seriously, thanks a lot, Carson Wentz and <laughs> all pro Quinn and Nelson. Um, but if you're trying to get him from me, I'm not giving you any sort of discount. You still have to pay full price. So it probably opened up a buying window for you to actually get him, but the price hasn't dropped at all, most likely. You're still having to pay full price in order to get him. I think where this hurts is redraft leagues. Like if I was in a redraft startup, I would be a little more like, uh, I don't know when those guys are coming back. That might be upwards of half of my season, but I don't think he's really lost any dynasty value. Okay. I yeah, I mean, he I, has either. I don't think he has either. Uh, I think I think in dynasty he should he should be you know holding pretty true. What I'm interested to see is without those two guys in front of him on the left hand side, is he is he the same guy? You sure. know what I mean? And because obviously last year early on he was a guy that he wasn't hitting the holes, he wasn't hitting wasn't, all the right yep. spots. He looked a little uh, frozen at times, tentative. Yep. Yeah, a little tentative. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so. You know, without those two really good offensive linemen in front of him, I, I you know, let's just see how this beginning of the season goes because because it, it could be very telling. I mean, if he's a guy that only performs really really well when he's got big holes like he did in college and and, and towards the end of the year when when things were clicking, then then at least it throws up a little red flag in the in the back of my mind. I, I still don't I don't think he's a bad running back by any means, but I, I think at least I know then that he's very dependent on the guys in front of him uh, to have fantasy value. Which we remember last year he did start off kind of slow. Remember mm-hmm. he did he was in the wrong holes. It was the second half of the season where he really blew up and took off and became the elite running back he is. And with these windows and you know how fickle that position can be, sure, you know, maybe this is an opportunity just to say, yeah, what can I do? What can it Maybe it's an opportunity to explore because what happened, like Matt said, if we find out that he can't operate without this talent around him, then the price tag drops. But at the same sure. time, I still think you have a really good dynasty running back. So it's a win-win situation. I'm just, it's it's one of those things I'm just keeping an eye on. I'm I'm just kind of making a mental checklist of, of the thing, of, of my player. Just watching the first three yeah, games. Exactly. And we'll monitor here. We'll talk yep, about it on the, on the podcast. And, of course, a podcast. I, I did a YouTube video. Make sure you go check that out on Naheem Hines yep. uh, about four months ago. It's called the Which Running Back You Need to Buy Now. Uh, check that out on our Dynasty Nerds YouTube channel while you're there. Make sure you like. Make sure, sure you subscribe. But Naheem Hines, to me, was one of the great running back buys because – Naeem Himes is a great flex option. This is a guy who finishes running back 15 overall last year in PPR leagues, leading the Colts in receptions. He had 63, third most amongst all running backs in the NFL. But what I really liked about Himes as well is he showed the ability to carry between the tackles last year when called upon, like he did in the playoffs. He averaged 4.8 yards per carry, which everybody just automatically assumes with Naheem Hines is that he's just a small, diminutive, pass catcher running back. But he was able to show that he has a strength last year to run through the tackles. And definitely, if Jacob Eason's going to be the quarterback at this position with the unproven talent at 
wide receiver, they're going to run the ball a ton. And the safety net as well is going to be Naheem Hines. And I know Jonathan Taylor showed last year in this offseason that he can catch the football. Sure. And that's fine and dandy that you can do it. Naheem Hines is still going to be that third down pass catcher running back. So there's a very high chance Naheem Hines finishes pretty close to where he did last year, right around quarterback, running back, say not 15 this year. If everybody stays healthy, running back 18, 19, 20, 21, but still offers that running back to upside. To me, when it comes to second string, lower tier running backs and eyes of the dynasty community, I personally think Naheem Hines is the best value out there when it comes to running back twos. A lot of people are sitting and say, no, give me Tony Pollard. Give me Alexander Madison. Obviously, Kareem Hunt is in a different realm all by himself. And he's not even a true He finished as a running back one last yeah. year. But if you're looking for the best looked at as a backup running back or change of pace running back yeah. in the NFL right now, the best bang for your buck, to me, it's easily, handily, Naheem Hines. I think he's a difference maker. I think... Not only that, if a running back gets hunt, hurt on your team, I think you slide him into your running back two position and start him on a weekly basis and actually feel pretty comfortable with that as well. There's not a lot of running backs out there in that position. J.D. McKissick, who uh, led in targets last year, uh, second in receptions, he worries me just a little bit because I feel like they're going to give Antonio Gibson a little bit more uh, of a step up there in, sure. in the receiving game. So besides that, I mean, San Francisco is a little bit murky out there. I don't want anything to do with uh, Houston. So Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I think Naheem Hines is the best bang for your buck. And I guarantee there's a lot of other running backs, guys like Tony Pollard, guys like all the Tampa Bay running backs, they're going ahead of Naheem Hines, who not only did outproduce last year, that I believe he will outproduce when it comes to fantasy production in the 2021 season. What are we doing with Marlon Mack? He's coming off an Achilles injury. We're not doing anything with him. I, I agree, but... All reports are he looks good. All reports are that they still want to have him as part of the the unit. Do we think he gets enough carries over the course of games to be a factor? Not necessarily that you want to play, but more so to be a hindrance to guys like Hines and Taylor. You'd only hinder Taylor. Because he doesn't catch the ball. No, he's just so he, he only he's, he's, he only affects Taylor. He's not really a I, I think it would I think it could still affect Hines in the sense of they only use Hines in the passing game, and they don't use him at all in the running game if they have two guys that they're willing to use between the tackles. That would be the way. Okay. You figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but it's still, I mean, Naheem Hines still, his value is within the passing game yep. mostly. I mean, even though he does do a good job, like like Rich just described, uh, in, in the rushing attack, I just – those Achilles injuries for running backs, very tricky to come back from. You said he looks good. I'll believe it when I see it. How about that? Yeah, it's it's just camp reports. I mean, exactly. it's, it's, everybody you looks good never right now. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think Marlon Mack you're is a giant. I literally think Marlon Mack is not even rosterable in my eyes. I mean, obviously, you're not going to just cut him, but I, I wouldn't even want him. On the, I'm, I'm selling him to the Jonathan Taylor owner for literally anything he'll give me. I agree with that. I, I don't I I don't want him I'm on the roster. I don't I don't think he holds a, a ton of, of value at any point. And, and right career. now, if anything, this is a time to sell with all these injury news. They're going to run them over. Like, hey, I know Jonathan Taylor is a little bit more, uh, you know, maybe a risk because they're going to run the ball the offensive line. Hey, I'll give you Marlon Mack. Just give me a third. And you know, twenty twenty three. That's fine if I can get it. And they're like, hey, no, I would I'll take that all day. And they're like, hey, no, I'll give you a fourth. I'm like. Wow, you drive a hard bargain there, sir. Check out it. Sold. <laughs> so going to the receivers here. Pair. Uh, I was going to chime in real yeah. quick using uh, 
sleepers updated ADP for Dynasty Superflex leagues as of August 1st. Marlon Mack is RB58. Naheem Hines is RB44. Yeah, tremendous value. In my startup, I just got Naheem Hines in like the 16th round. Right, like that, wow, right around that's there. Awesome. And I was just waiting on him and waiting on him. And I and I and I finally got him. I was like, why did I wait so long on Hines when I said he's a great buy? Uh and I'll end up using him this year that late. Sure, so of great. course you will. Yeah. You know, ADP forty four at running backs, I guarantee you, you know, this guy will finish higher than half of those other running backs that are selected ahead of him. Mentioned going to the receivers here. Paris Campbell started off with a very nice game last year, uh, where he had a decent amount of targets, decent amount of catches. Then he tore his PCL and his MCL. This is a guy who's only played a total of nine games in two years with a total of 198 career receiving yards. But he's also a receiver that we like coming out. We give a first-round rookie great, great to. 4-3-1 speed, nice route runner. Do you think this is the year that Paris Campbell can take a step forward, or is this team just doomed to be injured all year? I mean, this is kind of one of those unfortunate, I think, side effects from the Carson Wentz injury. You know what I mean? This is a guy I was excited to see. I was hoping he was going to get his chance. And now, you know, Jacob Eason is the guy that will likely be throwing him the ball for at least a game, but probably more likely a good, good well, chunk of the And there is the a season. factor in this with the, the first and second round pick that they would be sending to the Eagles. If he plays, if, if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps, it's a first round pick. Right. If he doesn't, it's a second round so pick. So they might be playing it real conservative with this foot injury. I would assume so. We're, I would be shocked to see him before week six. Right. If it's even close. But at the same time, this is a team that has playoff aspirations. It's Super true. Aspirations. So I don't think they'd be worrying about that too much. They feel like Carson Wentz puts them in the best position. It depends. It depends how close he is. You're right. Like if, right. It's, if it's a game, like, okay, we'll hold him out. Yeah. I think, I think they're going to play it, play it conservatively. And I don't think that will be the deciding factor. But if it's, you know, week four or week five, and that would put him over the threshold. Sure. If it's just a week, I think so. Because at the same time, they need to see him as much as they can too because they got to decide whether he's the future of the franchise right. as well or they want to get in on some of the trades uh, out there in the NFL today. And they can always pull him late in the season and bring Philip Rivers in if they need to as, yeah, a, as, a, as a relief pitcher. <laughs> but then he'll have 10 kids. Then they need to get out of there. So what do you, th- what do you think of Paris Campbell – are you, do you, because before, like I was, I thought Karis Pan was a nice low end buy with the upside he had. But as of right now, do you just think he's just a strict hold on he's your roster? Old. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you've drafted him, hey man, it sucks. The injury bug has, has gotten this guy early on in his career. You shouldn't sell now. They're, you're all the way at the bottom of, of, you know, of his value. So you don't want to do that. And, and, yeah. You don't want to go out and buy him if you don't own him because he, he's just he's too much of a risk right now. There's there's right. better assets out there that I'd you should I'd pay a third for him. I mean, if, if it's a third, then you're not really giving up much in my no. opinion. So I I would do that. But you know, this is a guy that went in the probably the back half of the first round or early second round in, in their rookie drafts. So I don't know if if whoever has him is ready to throw in the towel. I wouldn't. You know, if I if I gave up that draft capital, I wouldn't give him up for a third right now. I would just hold on to him and. I could manufacture a third some other place if yeah. I really needed to. Some, you know, some people get frustrated. You guys only played nine games, only has under 200 yards in career receiving yards. I, I, so no, I, I mean, like, I get, you know, enough's enough. I get why people do it. I'm just not one of those just, people that you would know how, If your taxi ship. squad rules are the same, too, like you got to bring them up on your active roster for the third year, like this guy just came in roster. Is this, I have two other good, too many good players on my team to even worry about I, that. I think the good news is there's nobody 
pushing for his job necessarily on this team, yeah, which helps. But I've never been the biggest Paris Campbell guy. I've always thought he's fine, but he's more of a, a speed guy that, you know, a low A dot guy that'll make things happen. But I've never saw him as like this great receiver. Whereas Michael Pittman, I see as this really great receiver. And I'm nervous about him this season as well. Yep. We'll have to see how all of this plays out. But even if Carson Wentz does, let's say comes back week four or five, they still have to get back into a rhythm. They still have to get like for a young receiver, you want all of those reps with a new quarterback, as many as they can get. How long is that going to delay his development now? So it's really this whole situation is good for nobody's value with the exception of Jacob Eason. I, I, feel, I feel like we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles from last it's year. kind of how it feels. And it just feels like they're going down that same dumpster fire road, and it stinks. If this opens a buy window for Michael Pittman Jr. earlier in the season because he's not producing. I'm all over that because I'm still I, I do a big love fan Pittman of Michael Jr. Pittman Jr. I mean, this is a guy who we really liked his tape a lot coming out of college, out yep. of USC. And somebody who, at the end of the year, started coming a little bit longer and stronger. And if you remember in that postseason game that he played, he had a really good game out there. Ten, ten catches or something? Ten targets, ten five targets catches, 90 yards. Almost had a touchdown, I thought, I believe, in that yep. game as well. Yeah. So Made a couple big plays after the catch. Yeah, a really talented, big, true X number one receiver. So there's a dip there in, the, in your dynasty league right now where there's a possibility to buy Michael Pittman. Which I'm guessing it's not going to be right now because people are like, oh, I don't want to overreact. Right. But when the season actually starts, and people got to start starting wide First couple receivers, weeks of the season, yep. and Pittman's not producing, maybe he does produce, and then oh, okay, you missed a window. But if he doesn't produce, and there's a window there, sure, I absolutely recommend buying Michael Pittman Jr. Yep. Maybe even during the bye week, uh, as the preseason starts, maybe throw an offer out there to kind of let the owner you know you mean business. Yep. Absolutely. Garrett, tell us about our friends at Prediction Strike. Well, do we want to talk about the tight ends before we do that? No. Garrett? Tell us about those tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, here, here's the thing I would say about the tight ends. I mean, Jack Doyle, Mo Alley Cox. I mean, Mo Alley Cox offers the most upside. A lot of talk about Kyle Granson come out there, the yep. rookie. Um, a lot of talk about him looking pretty good to part. But again, I, I'm i very cautious about all There's these tight ends, young tight ends that look good every camp. Not saying he couldn't be the guy. And, and yeah. Carson Wentz will probably be looking for a tight end to throw the ball to. He's a tight end to own. How about that? Kyle Granson's a tight end to own. If, if, I'm, if I'm rostering somebody for the future, because I'm probably not able to start any one of these guys, he would be the one I would want to roster over the other two. Agreed. All right. And maybe Kyle Granson would be a good addition to your Prediction Strike squad. Yes, our friends over at Prediction Strike have one of the best apps out there on the App Store, but you can also access it on your PC. But it's the only place where you can buy, sell, even hold shares like Paris Kill, Paris Hilton, Paris Campbell. Uh, it's it's the T.Y. Hilton Paris Campbell. That's hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can buy, sell, or hold shares of your favorite players. And Granson might be a good one to, to look at as... A potential penny stock that could pay off penny long stock. term. Long term. Uh, best of all, with the promo code Dynasty, you can receive ten free dollars with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. That's the promo code Dynasty to receive ten free dollars with your first deposit of twenty dollars or more over at PredictionStrike.com. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence, first overall pick. Uh, Gardner Minshew, C.J. Bethard. At running back, we have Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Carlos Hyde. The Dev, Devine, or is it Dev? I can't remember. 
been so long. Ozigbo? Ozigbo. 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 Dare Ogumbawale. Exactly. My receiver, DJ Shark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Colin Johnson, Philip Dorsett, Laquan Treadwell, Jalen Camp, Jamal Agnew. Look at those former first-round picks. Tight end, Luke Farrell, Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy, and maybe Tim Tebow. Hey. Uh, starting off the top, Trevor Lawrence, you know, one of the best dynasty prospects to come in at the quarterback position since Andrew Luck, one of the best of all time. Has all the tool sets that you're looking for from a quarterback. Um, new head coach by Urban Meyer as well is going to come in here. I expect that they're going to use I, – I, I expect that they're going to protect Trevor Lawrence your run with the run game. Um, I think James Robinson value has been absolutely crushed by um, the first run picker, Travis Etienne, because I think they're going to run it. But you go into James Robinson, I mean, James Robinson had the most yards from scrimmage, 1,414 of any undrafted free agent ever last year. Finishing his running back seven overall with an addition of 10 touchdowns. And the silver lining for owners may be that the Jaguars do run the ball a ton to help Protect Lawrence because right now in camp they're lying Travis Etienne ups outside at receiver a lot. Yeah, and reportedly uncoverable, right? Yeah, which that's that's what sense. that's what they say uncoverable. So, which is interesting. Yep. Uh, listen, with Urban Meyer, this does not shock me because you know it's kind of somewhat devastating. Like the all diamonds in the rough finders, the Jaguars drafted the ultra explosive, ultra productive running back Travis Etienne out of Clemson in the first round yes. as well. So two, two Clemson players in the first round in the NFL draft. And Etienne somebody who's had over 1,500 yards in each of his last three seasons at Clemson with over 1,600 rushing yards in both 2018 and 2019, while adding over 430 receiving yards in each of the last two seasons. Etienne has, like you said or mentioned, been a, a weapon on the outside at receiver, which could be big if they script a lot of short passes to him, as Lawrence had a lot of screens at Clemson, uh, he threw a screen pass on one out of four or 25% of the time at Clemson, who just so happened to be his running back, who he used to throw screens to. So they already have a really good report. And Urban Meyer is that kind of coach where he has a history of taking explosive playmakers and putting them in space and setting them up for success. I mean, he did it with the likes of Curtis Samuel. Sure. He did it with Percy Harvin and many others with his time at Florida, Ohio State, and even he tried to he, at Bowling Green. Here's my one issue with this, though, um, because we, we talk about guys like those guys. We talk about, we compare him to Alvin Kamara, but Travis Etienne is such a different player than all those guys. And, and I understand the comps because of Urban Meyer, and I understand the, the type of role that he'll likely be in, but all of those guys made people miss like they're elusive in the open field their lateral quickness is off the charts whereas travis Etienne isn't making guys miss by a side to side movement it's nope. all about his acceleration One and getting to top speed real quickly i'm not saying that that can't work i think it could work but it's just it's it's a very different dynamic it's not like somebody turning into a punt return it's one play, and if the lane's there, you're not catching him. But I don't know that he's going to be making people miss in the open field like Percy Harvin was or like Curtis Samuel does. I just don't see that as a, at this point, a viable part of his game. So that's why all of this is puzzling to me. Could he be unguardable? Could he be uncoverable just because of his straight speed? I guess it's possible. But 
if there's halfway decent defensive backs out there, speed alone is not going to beat those guys. So that's why some of those reports and some of those things are puzzling to me because he is special with his acceleration, but I don't see him being special with making people so miss. I, I think there's enough wiggle in his game to to make people miss. Um, I think he has you know the feet to make defensive backs miss and make that cut and get upfield. Uh, again, he was very dynamic at Clemson. He doesn't know? move like a wide receiver, and I think maybe that's maybe what you were trying right. to say as well. Because because okay. they have to be uh, um, very quick. They have to be able to sink their hips. They have to be able to change direction without. Um, losing speed, and that's not him. Um, he is one foot in the ground and go. He's not. He's never going to be able to like piece together a couple moves in the open field to make people miss and and then start going. That's that's kind of not the way he operates. That's not what I saw on tape at Clemson anyway. Um, so I don't think that's what he's going to do in the NFL. I'll, Who knows I'll, how he I'll, can develop? I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it that way yeah. because I don't want to. I'm wanna, with you though. I don't want to cap a, or put a, you put a cap on a guy and say that he can't get better in any areas. Um, but it, that, it doesn't look like that's that's one of his strengths anyway. So it is interesting. Uh, I I do think Herb will will still find ways to get him into open spaces sure. and, and and get him the ball in, in where he can be explosive because I mean. Urban Meyer has played. I'm pretty sure has played against <laughs> um, uh, ETN ETN in in the past. I'm so, so I'm sure he's gotten a pretty good look at him on tape before he even started digging into the pre-draft process. So I, I think he's probably one of these guys that Urban Meyer's just he he sits up at night dreaming up ways to get these kind of guys in the open field. So I I do think it will end up working. How that's going to end up kind of time sharing with James Robinson, I have no idea. I don't, I don't see these guys as two guys that are going to be on the field at the same time, but you never know with Herb, I guess. But they slide him out, which is weird because like LaVisca Chenault was pretty good at those short intermediate yeah. passes. And he he's looked good in camp so far, allegedly. And he came up a rookie season of 58 catches for 600 yards as a rookie. They also have Marvin Jones here coming off a year of 76 receptions. Jones. 978 yards and nine touchdowns finishes wide receiver 18 overall. Always another sneaky old guy right yeah, there. Yeah, and they also have DJ Shark. I mean, we got to remember DJ Shark after his breakout 2019 com- campaign where he led the Jaguars in targets with 118, receiving yards with 1,008, and receiving touchdowns eight, finishes wide receiver 16 despite missing two games of injury. I mean, his 2020 was pretty rough. He you took know, a but, step back for sure. But then again, you know, outside of James Robinson, the Jaguars were full of a bunch of Jags. So that wasn't <laughs> crazy, right? I mean, it's, it's not something that would knock yourselves out there. I mean, dude, they tanked so badly out there in Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence. They're winning their first game. They lost everything. The tank was so big. I mean, like I said, I mentioned before, they could fit a whale into that thing. So it's insane out there. Do you think DJ Shark, who reported, you know, remember, we're talking about people, oh, everybody's having a good camp. DJ Shark is the one name you've heard that's not having a great camp. Yeah, People I, are like, oh. I haven't heard great things. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, he's just not having a great camp, which is not good when you hear everybody's having a great camp. So, right. And and, and uh, Irv even called him out kind of early in the year saying that he wasn't playing physical enough. or he, mm-hmm. For a big guy, he wasn't playing physical enough. And and, and reportedly, uh, DJ Shark went out and, and put on some weight in order to kind of bulk up and, and play more physical. But it's not – I mean – He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to show it on the field, and and who knows? It might be one of these odd things where it's not a great fit in, in this it, offense. That is the tough part too. We're seeing that kind of with Denzel Mims right now, where mm-hmm. sometimes you're the guy that comes in and you just don't quite fit the offense right. I am a little worried for DJ Chark, where he's a good player, but he just might not fit this offense. We know 
Daryl Bevel's going to use Marvin Jones. He played with him in Detroit, right. so he's going to use him. LaVisca Chanel, it seems like the chess piece that Urban Meyer likes to use. He could just kind of be the odd man out. I do think that Marvin Jones, like if I was to put a sneaky bet out there where Marvin Jones ends up being like wide receiver 24, that would not shock me in the least if he ended up sneaking in there as like a low-end wide receiver. You've been saying it for weeks on this show, saying that you know one of the best dynasty bargains out there right now for a contender is Marvin Jones. And after looking at the the situation with the Jaguars, I do agree. I think the team leading receiver on this team will be Marvin it's, Jones. It's moving in that direction. And I'm a guy that likes TJ Chark. And, yeah, and, I so do I too. Don't, so I don't I don't like to say that, but it is moving in that direction. So besides Travis Etienne, the, the, the best dynasty asset on here is clearly Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, yep. And that's it, because this team will look probably pretty different going forward. Anything I have a tight end. I don't I don't think Herb has much interest in using him, right? I mean, going back to college, it wasn't like a big part of his offense. I think they'll be in there blocking. I think at times there'll be two of them in there blocking. Mm-hmm. And and every once in a while they're going to get passes thrown. But I don't think there's ever going to be like a – they're not going to be a focal point. They're not explosive enough, I don't think, for all, Herb. Yeah, all their tight ends are the big guys. You yep. know, Luke Farrell, James O'Shaughnessy. Yep. You know, they're, they're just guys that Farrell come in is interesting a little bit as like an old Ohio State guy. Who didn't do anything at Ohio right. State. But yeah. any anytime you get a coach team up with a former player that they just drafted – it's, it's enough to think I, about. I think he knows what the Herb, system. I know. I think he knows what Herb expects, and he'll be able to do do what Herb wants yep. from the tight end. He and for LaVisca, I just view him as like a Sterling Shepard, like nobody who's ever going to be like, maybe finishes wide receiver here in three, like a year, maybe two of his career, but like nobody that's over valuable to me in my eyes. If he's a hot name in the community because I come out of training camp, I'm selling personally because I didn't love his tape coming out of Colorado. So that was just me. I find him a little bit more interesting now that he's settled in and kind of played a season without a bunch of injuries. Cause that was my biggest concern with him um, was he played too physical and he, he got himself beat up too much, but he seemed to, to make it through year one pretty healthy. I don't remember there being like any major, there was like a, a little thing right at the beginning of the season with yeah, him. Yeah. But he ended up being fine for most of the year. Right. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, how he fits into this offense. I think honest. I'm closer to where you're at on, on this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as well. I have an eyebrow raised. Yep. All right, let's move on. Uh, a short and sweet team here. <laughs> so the worst team in the NFL, the Houston Texans, quarterback temporarily by Deshaun Watson, who wasn't even a field today with the first, uh, first day of pads. First day of pads. Gerard yeah. Taylor, who's probably the likely starting probably quarterback. And then Davis Mills, who, uh, from what I hear coming out of camp, he has more balls hitting the ground than he does uh, wide receivers' hands. At running backs, you have uh, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead, Dontrell Hilliard. At wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, Kiki Kuti, Anthony Miller, who they just traded for, Nico Collins, Andre Roberts, Isaiah Coulter, Chris Conley. At tight end, Farrell Brown, Jordan Akins, and Kahali Warnin. This is the Dynasty team's worst nightmare. All old players that just aren't hey, any good. 2017, that running back backfield is fire. Wow. Your best fantasy <laughs> options are David Johnson and Brandon Cooks, who should be favored <sighs> to goggle up all that garbage time attempts at I was the say, comebacks of the team. Brandon Cooks is is legitimately interesting to me. Yeah. Just on pure targets alone. And They'll then be trailing all the time. And then Nico Collins as like an upside play. Oh, I like Nico Collins. And then I'm basically out on everything else. Yeah, I want I let's be clear. I want Nico Collins. Nico yeah, Collins, sure. I concur. 
Um, oh, you're not even in on Brandon Cooks. <laughs> I can cure. I mean, That's dude, it. the running back room alone might might as well be a Medicare committee because they're all old. Yeah. I mean, David Johnson's still a name that's living off his one running back season. But, he, I mean, to be fair, now I'm going to be fair because I've talked a lot of shit about David Johnson, a lot. To be fair, he did average 4.7 yards per carry last year, his best ever. And he finished his running back 21. Johnson had 1,005 yards, eight touchdowns in 12 games. And he didn't look like he was running in sand last year like he did the year before. Which is true. Which helps. So there's that. I mean, Mark Ingram looks washed, and Rex Burkhead might as well be he a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He actually had a nice little highlight today where he totally made a guy miss, which was kind of Ingram? surprising. Mark Ingram well, did. because yeah, he's super fresh. It's like the first day of camp. Yeah, I he, <laughs> he he's the name that I would absolutely like throw a fifth round pick out there for just to like get him on my roster because David Coley that was their first signing and he came from Baltimore with Mark Ingram, like he would be a sneaky guy that at the end of the year like he put up David Johnson numbers from last year where you're like what he put up a thousand yards and six touchdowns that's that's nah, weird. I think the best thing going for this bingo playing group is David Johnson because why it's just David Johnson and you're probably gonna pick Philip Lindsay aren't you. <laughs> No, it's I don't just, want any of these guys. No. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, David Johnson, just is he's the best. Do I have to choose one of them? <laughs> he's the best pass catcher running back here. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm just looking at who's the best PPR option. It's going to be David Johnson on third downs. They're going to have a lot of third downs. They're going to be trailing Lots a ton. Lots of third downs. He's going to be under there because none of these guys are the future. Not a single one of these running backs no. is under contract after the season. So whatever they have now, that's it. They're going to be gone. They're having somebody new next year. I, I mean, I have a list here that, that basically shows when they can get out of the contracts. <laughs> And the column is almost all filled with now or after 2021. The, the whole team is going to be different after this year. It's it's ridiculous. It's going to be gone. Um, we have a lot of draft catapults after trading Deshaun Watson. Exactly. Potentially third, three first-round picks from Philadelphia. Like well, I, I mean, said, there's a reason they need third, three, three first-round picks. I mean, they're completely devoid, first of all. And and the money that they're going to have to be gobbling up from that, that contract that Deshaun Watson has is ridiculous. So they have to Yeah, make, they just signed them last right, offseason. So they have to make some hay. On Deshaun Watson, that's why they're holding out for these three, three first supposed three first round draft picks. I mean, I have no idea if that's what they're actually going to get. I think the only reason he hasn't been dealt is because of all the sexual allegation stuff. And I think if and hopefully when that gets cleared up, because I'm hoping that it's not true. And if that's the case, then I think as soon as that's cleared up, then teams will be be right in to grab him. But I think right now they're not willing to pay full price for him if there's some sort of red flag. Absolutely. He's not a commissioner exemplus yet, so that's that's good news for him at least. But right now, the newest additions right here are the young receivers that you have possibly get it. I mean, we mentioned I like Nico Collins. This was a guy, which was weird because this team has no draft capital. Capital they traded up in the third round to get him. So I him, hope he hits for their sake. <laughs> him, Isaiah Coulter is a nice prospect. Kiki Kuti has shown flashes, and of course, they have rookie tight end uh, Brevin Jordan, who's super athletic. With mediocre hands, yep. But Nico at six foot four, I mean, he offers your best red zone threat option here. I mentioned we mentioned Brandon Cooks is the best fancy option here going forward mm-hmm. for this year and probably going forward because Brandon Cooks was wide receiver seventeen in twenty twenty at eighty one receptions for one thousand one hundred fifty yards and six touchdowns. In twenty nineteen, the year before, was honestly his only bad year. His fifteen points per game was good for fifteenth. Best. Um, oh, that, I was talking about that was for uh, who? Who was throwing else. Brandon Cooks the ball last year? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Who's going to be throwing him the ball this year? Not Deshaun Watson. No, but he's had over a thousand right. yards in five of six seasons. I'm, I'm passing. 
I'm the, passing. The thing, I'm the thing about Cooks is he does have game-breaking speed. Like, he, on any play, he could take it to the house. And that's what you're hoping for is that he gets 10 targets a game, he catches half of them, and one of those plays is a decently large yeah. game. There you go. He nails it. I'll let you ride that roller coaster, sir. I'm done. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, for the Jags, dynasty options, it's Nico Collins. And then, for this year... Brandon Cooks might be some pretty cheap value at wide receiver. He's going to be your wide receiver three that at times will outperform that, but there'll be times so where you're disappointed. Let's end yep. it on this. I agree. Tell me where Deshaun Watson is playing week one, Garrett. I think, oh, the, of this year? Yeah. I think he's still in Houston week one. Okay. I don't think this stuff's cleared up. Uh, where does he get traded to here this when year? He, when he gets traded, I'm leaning towards Philadelphia. Matt? I'm gonna go like curveball Oakland. Oh, okay. <laughs> they just they just decide to go in a crazy different direction. I could see I could actually see that. I don't think that's that wild. Everything I'm seeing on the through the grapevine on uh the Twitter people that I trust, it's all leading back towards Philadelphia. They're, that's what they're it looks the like. only team the reason they car- acquired all those first round picks. Again, this Carson Wentz trade might mess it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the whole reason they acquired all these three first round picks for next year is to move Jalen Hurts and the three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. Uh, another one that could end up being a little crazy and wild, um, but we'll ha- we'll have to see how he does in Detroit. But I think Detroit could be another landing spot that could be interesting for him because hmm. they gave up they got the they, multiple first they, round picks. Yep, Miami. Anybody? They got all those first round picks. No, they're, they're they committed did. to Tua. I. It's it's training camp. But sure. All, everything points to him looking really good so far in camp. And, and a lot I, of I've, connection. I've bought in big time to two. I've made some big trades to acquire him. Okay. It's offseason, so I'm I'm aboard the two-a train. All right, and we didn't touch on the Randall Cobb getting moved to Green Bay, right? Because did we miss that? He got one. That's just, true. Just it happened to, in between he's, when yeah. we he's covered He's 31 years old. And he hasn't been relevant since like 2017. So I just wanted to mention it. That's he it. We'll be back. We have yeah. one more division, uh, two more divisions to break down. AFC and NFC North. north. We saved the best for last. Mm. We'll see you next week, Nerd Herd. Adios.